This is Nebraska Farmcast from the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. Approximately 35% of the total land area in the continental United States is used for livestock grazing. Fluctuations in grazed land areas and cow herd density can be seen across the diverse regions of the country's geography. Beef cow herds have tended to follow cheap and nutrient-rich forage. However, this year, forage production is at risk given a worsening drought condition in the U.S. What are the potential implications for forage production, beef cow herds, and stocking density when it comes to the possibility of partially liquidating herds due to drought? To hear more, I'm joined now by the author of a new article on this topic, published on our website, farm.unl.edu. Elliot Dennis is an assistant professor and livestock economist here in the Department of Agricultural Economics at UNL. Elliot, thanks for joining me again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ryan. Absolutely. And can you give us an idea of how different regions in the U.S. vary in terms of both their grazing land and their total beef cow populations? So the Economic Research Service, uh, about every five years, calculates how much uh, grazed pasture or rangeland there is by region. And what we really find is that uh, since really the 1940s, the percentage of grazed pasture and rangeland by geographical region hasn't really changed dramatically. Um, for example, in the northern plains where Nebraska is, um, in the 1940s, about 12% of all U.S. pasture was in Nebraska that was being grazed. And in 2012, it was that same 12%. Um, different some regions have experienced declines and other uh, increases. For instance, the mountainous region has declined about 5% over the last uh, 70 years, whereas the southern plains have, um, have increased about about that same amount, about 3 or 4%. And really what we see is that uh, cow numbers t- have tended to follow uh, these locations. So um, when we look at the southern and northern plains, about 18 and 50 percent of the total beef cow herd is, is in these regions. So um, one of the reasons why we, we use so much of this grazed pasture is because uh, it's cheaper than, than feeding corn. But when those situations deteriorate, um, often it's better just to put them in feedlots. And so when you're looking at determining the actual efficiency of a region, how do you go about doing that? Yeah, there's lots of ways to measure uh, efficiency, and really what we're talking about is really a measure or a proxy of stocking density or how many acres are required per, um, basically, per beef cow. And um, what we can see is that um, two two things really stand out. The first is that uh, the share of pasture or efficiency hasn't really changed over time. Uh, so an example would be in the Northern Plains, which covers a wide um, variety of both weather and pasture conditions, but it, um, on average, it's about 11 acres per beef cow are required. Uh, and compare that to the mountainous region, which is the highest region, and it's about 50 acres per, grazed acres per beef cow. And that can get as low um, in the southeast for example, is three acres per uh, grazed cow. And what we see is that actually the grazed acres 
per cow has, has been slightly increasing over time. Um, for Nebraska, located in Northern Plains in, um, in the 1990s, it was about uh, 10 or 11 acres per cow, and, and now it's creep, crept up to about 13 or 14 acres per cow. So um, just, it's kind of a proxy for um, you know, both forage and quality uh, and this makes it uh, an impact because if there are droughts, um, areas that rely on more acres per per cow are likely to be greater affected by a worsening drought condition than, um, let's say, a, a, a more intensely uh, stocked area. So the amount of pasture and beef cow populations and, and the stocking rates what do all of these indicators tell you about potential herd liquidation due to drought? And, uh, and again, can you talk more about why these are related? Sure. Yeah. So, um, stocking density is just one measure to, that people have used to proxy, uh, potential sensitivity to drought, to drought conditions. And so, um, basically the idea is that if, uh, area relies on um, a greater stocking density or it requires more acres per cow, then a drought condition in that area is likely to be uh, more severe than an area which relies upon uh, fewer cows or greater cows per acre. So um, currently the U.S. is experiencing uh, moderate to uh, mild to moderate drought and this is mainly located in the uh, mountainous region some in the pacific regions and it's crept into the western part of the northern plains region um, these are also the locations that have the largest amount of forage and when uh, the usda released the first range and pasture report it indicated that nearly 50 percent of the uh, u.s range and pasture was rated as either poor or very poor. Now, this is quite high. Um, it's about 30% points higher than the five-year average and certainly a lot higher than 2020. Um, and so going this can, uh, going into this season, it's um, A, not surprising that we see the national average of drought condition or pasture condition so high, but um, also potential implications for uh we can see a lot of uh, herd liquidation in the mountainous region and potentially parts of the uh, western parts of the northern plains. Can you talk a little bit more just about what this means for producers? Like, what's what's your advice to them on on the strategies they should be looking at uh, right now in these conditions to be profitable? Yeah, so there's really two strategies that uh, economists have looked at to manage through a grass drought conditioning. The first is destocking and the second is depopulating. Uh, depopulating is selling either your cows or heifers, yearlings or calves um, to fit the available forage condition that you actually have. So this is actually selling the animals themselves. Some people call this herd liquidation. Um, the second is uh, destocking, which means you're not selling animals, but you're actually either moving them to newly obtained pasture or using um, forage that you're, you're purchasing to, uh, to refeed or to feed them out. Um, and some economists have looked at what are the, you know, basically these two strategies 
and how it what's how does it affect producer profitability? And what they found is that um, it really depends on where we're at in the cattle cycle. So right now we're at what we call the the trough of the cattle cattle price cycle because inventory is really high, which is putting a lot of downward pressure on price. And so really what they found is that um, when you're when a drought condition happens, when you're at the bottom of the price uh, cattle price cycle, generally the most profitable um, strategy is to partially liquidate your herds. Uh, and this doesn't mean complete. It's never uh, the most profitable thing to completely liquidate, but at least partially liquidating. And that's compared to um, buying feed resources. Um, so that's, when we're going into the season, as we start to get tight, producers are going to need to start determining whether they're going to either fit their feed resources to match their cattle, or are they going to try to find find ways to reduce their herd size? And it the the historical work would suggest that a, a large portion of producers are likely this to suggest or to pick partial herd liquidation, and this has a lot of implications for what it's going to do to the pricing for cold cows and feeder cattle, especially with a uh, higher grain market. If producers do start to liquidate their herds, what could this mean for cattle prices moving forward? Yeah, so it really depends on what type of market we're talking about. So if we're talking about the cold cow market, uh, mostly what we'll see is regional price suppression or decreases. Uh, but these decreases are likely to be localized within the region and not affect other regions. So for example, if the mountainous regions uh, starts to liquidate the herds, it's unlikely to affect cold cow prices in the Southeast. And this is generally because it's assumed that uh, cow genetics are, are regionally based or stated another way that producers try to raise uh, cows that can fit a certain uh, environment. And so we wouldn't see large shipping of cold cows across large distances. And, and this is pretty consistent with what we observe. Feeder cattle, on the other hand, is a different story. Um, if people start to liquidate the herd, uh, some of their decisions might also be to, rather than ship cold cows, they're going to ship all of their um, feeder cattle instead. And so uh, most of the feedlots are located in, you know, the southern and, and northern plains. And uh, as lots of people start to bring their animals potentially in, in the mountainous region, uh, producers are not going to have to bid as aggressively for cattle because there's just going to be a lot of them out there. What this means for producers who are um, maybe in the, in the southeast um, is that feeder cattle prices are going to come down because there's just not going to be a lot of feedlot demand out there for, for those types of animals. So, you know, every year, I believe every year is a, a great year to have a risk management strategy, uh, especially with high corn prices and soybean prices right now. Um, that would even put greater pressure on feeder cattle prices to go downward because uh, as corn prices go up, this means that the cost of gain for feedlots also increases and there's just not a lot of incentive for them to place uh, animal or feeder cattle into the mark or into their lots, especially light, freshly weaned animals. Um, and so providing a, or putting in place a risk management strategy 
uh, lots of options out there. CME put option, uh, livestock risk protection uh, through USDA is also another option. But just uh, more than ever, it's in, uh, producers need to be thinking about managing price risk. Elliot Dennis is an assistant professor and livestock economist here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. and He has a new article on this topic, first published in the May 11th edition of In the Cattle Markets, and it is reposted on our farm and ranch management website at farm.unl.edu. Thanks, Elliot. Thanks for having me, Ryan. This has been Nebraska Farmcast a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For decision-making tools, articles, podcasts, videos, and more, visit us online at farm.unl.edu.